welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. This episode is from July 2nd, 2023, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. We hope you enjoy the patriotic anthem at the start of the podcast as well as the end. If you enjoy this or other episodes of our podcast, please like and subscribe to our channel to get notifications when a new episode is published. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. The first reading is from Jeremiah, chapter 28. Through a symbolic action, Jeremiah insisted that Judah and all the surrounding nations should submit to the king of Babylon. Hananiah contradicted the word of Jeremiah, who in reply insisted that Hananiah's rosy prediction should not be believed until it came true. God confirmed the word of Jeremiah and sentenced the false prophet Hananiah to death. We read, The prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> Sin is an enslaving power which motivates us to live self-serving, disobedient lives. Sin's final payoff is death. We, however, have been set free from sin slavery to live obediently under God's grace, whose end is the free gift of eternal life. We read, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, once having been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the, teach, to, to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, 
you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of these things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus said to the twelve, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. And I invite you now to join with me in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for this occasion to gather here together for the gift of your coming among us and the opportunity to discover your ways, to learn from your example, to know the power of life that has conquered death. Teach us those ways. Lead us in your example that we might bear witness um, to your grace, to your great love for all the world in everything that we say and all that we do. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, amen. So I want to reflect on Jesus' words in the gospel reading where he said, even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones. And I learned something new this week while considering this reading for today. I had always assumed and maybe you did too, that little ones in that reading referred to the objects of the disciples' charity, the people that they would give a cup of cold water to. But I discovered that Jesus used this term to refer to the disciples themselves. Little ones was referring to the disciples themselves. Jesus often spoke of small things in relation to the kingdom of God, like mustard seeds, or little children, or those who are considered least in our society. And here Jesus was talking to disciples whom he was sending out like sheep into the midst of wolves, instructing them not to take anything with them, but to rely instead upon the hospitality of others. Like the well-respected figures of prophets and righteous people within Jewish society, their ministry would garner its own reward for all who welcomed it and received it. 
Jesus didn't amplify the disciples' status, but chose to emphasize their smallness instead. Those who experience Jesus and respond with their lives are little ones, dependent on the kindness and receptivity of others, whose greatness is known only in serving, in obedience, and humility. What a contrast this forms to the mood of our times, which grants attention and honor to the loudest, the biggest, and the most aggressive. This tension is especially evident as our nation celebrates Independence Day with parades, large gatherings, and ever bigger pyrotechnic displays. Among our holidays, this one is perhaps the loudest and the biggest. I'd like to consider with you Jesus' attention today to the small, to the small as an expression of our calling as his followers today. Jesus and America are often paired in a way that amplifies and aggrandizes American exceptionalism and celebrates the powerful. We've coined the term megachurch and embraced the language of crusades and large movements as expressions of Christian ideals. And yet, there is a counter-movement of Christianity in our nation that shuns the spotlight and yet exerts a powerful influence. My own family roots, and perhaps yours as well, recall immigrants who realized, without knowing English or enjoying influential connections, the power of congregations pooling their resources to help each other get established in a foreign land. Things like farm cooperatives and potluck suppers are enduring expressions of these apparently small and insignificant efforts. And there's a much longer history in this country of churches realizing their calling in the midst of otherwise threatening or minimizing circumstances. I'm thinking of how churches were key to things like the abolitionist movement or the Underground Railroad. And it occurs to me that the sheer existence of the black church in our context is a testimony to the gospel's power to disrupt and amaze with the smallest and most threatened of means. Wherever there have been movements for liberation and solidarity in our history, you're likely to find followers of Jesus, working with comparatively small resources bearing witness with their labor and their lives to the kingdom of God. Jesus insisted that following his own example, his followers would bear witness to God's power not through complicity with the powerful of their society, but by the working of God's spirit among those whom they encountered. They would depend on the kindness of strangers, offering them even a cup of cold water as a means of sharing the prize 
of God's transformative reign in their lives, in their communities. In small acts of hospitality and kindness, a much larger movement would unfold, realized not by being the biggest, the loudest, or the most aggressive, but through the greater love of God at work in ordinary people, in ordinary circumstances. Jesus' church, I think, is rediscovering this truth after a long period of relative contentment and ease. Our comfortable place in the centers of power has eroded and broken down, and popular opinion often views the church with oftentimes, frankly, well-earned suspicion and sometimes, unfortunately, even contempt. But church, I think that this is an opportunity for us to rediscover what Jesus taught his first followers as he sent them out on their first mission to the communities surrounding them. Not everybody would be receptive to, the, to their message and to the things that they had to share, but there would be people who would welcome them, who would offer them even a cup of cold water. In that lesson, I think we can learn the strength of smallness. Small is strong. And it's in the basic expressions of hospitality and kindness that our lives are most profoundly changed as God comes in the midst of those relationships as new life is revealed in them. The 19th century American orator Frederick Douglass observed that where justice is denied, where poverty is enforced, where ignorance prevails, and where any one class is made to feel that society is an organized conspiracy to oppress, rob, and degrade them, neither persons nor property will be safe. But church, it also occurs to me that where small acts of neighborliness, hospitality, empathy, and love prevail, watch out. God reveals the power to bring life out of death, transforming our world. As our nation celebrates independence, this is an expression of freedom that we are continuing to learn following in the way of Jesus. Amen.